0: Before I get to my next guests, Bob Lazeri and Nathan Grub, I want to give a shout out to a couple more of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Strixon Cleveland Golf. Your best performance starts with the right golf ball at Strixon. A global leader in golf ball technology and innovation, Strixon offers a wide variety of award-winning golf balls for golfers of every skill level, whether you're searching for a tour performance golf ball or a distance golf ball with incredible feel. Shrixon provides the best golf balls at incredible prices. Shrixon offers a wide variety of personalized options, while also developing a highly visible colored golf ball as well. Select the right golf ball for your game today and trust it with Shrixon. Check them out online at Shrixon.com. S-R-I-X-O-N.com. Find the right golf ball for your game today. I also want to remind you about our friends over at Sun Mountain. There's a company nestled in the valley of Missoula, Montana, that embodies the essence of quality, function, and innovation, and that's Sun Mountain, which started building golf bags back in 1981. They are an industry leader in golf bags, travel covers, outerwear, and push carts. With flagship products that you've come to know, like the C-130 cart bag, the 2.5 ultralight stand bag, the club glider travel cover, the speed cart, and Rainflex rain gear. Sun Mountain continues its quest to provide the very best in golf products to every range of golfer. Visit them online at sunmountaingolf.com to look at their amazing product. Okay, now back with me is my co-host from over on our football show, Thursday Night Tailgate, Mr. Bob Lazari. Bob, how are you, my friend?
1: Hey, it's great to speak with you again, Chris. I'm doing okay. How about yourself? I'm good,
0: thank you, But It's been a minute since uh, we had the the opportunity to talk to one another since our last show over on TNT. Talk about how's your summer going, my friend?
1: Well, you know, I mean, it it always kicks off with the uh, Travelers Championship, Chris. Uh, You know, it's the first week, first full week of summer. Travelers is always my favorite week of the year. Four great days. Uh, You know, we've had a heat wave here the last eight days or whatever. Today it broke finally, so... Um, doing my thing, you know, staying fit and uh, just um, picking my spot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good for you. Before we get to, to Nathan, we're going to get to Nathan in just a moment. And he's obviously the tournament director up there at the Travelers Championship in Cromwell, Connecticut. A, a tournament, Bob, you've covered for many years. And people our age likely remember all the way back to the days when it was Sammy Davis Jr. and the Greater Hartford Open back in the day. In the mid-'80s, the, the the tournament took a little bit of a turn, moved over to TPC of Connecticut, and then, of course, went through some renovations in the early part of the 90s, and they renamed it to TPC River Highlands. But talk about a little bit of the, the history of the tournament and, the, and of the golf course since the time you uh, started covering it.
1: Well, Chris, uh, obviously it's a favorite of many of the uh, PGA players. Uh, scores are usually very low. Um, it's, it's just a very well-run tournament. Um, that's why it's so many of the golfers telling Nathan and uh, even people like myself that it, it's the, one of their favorite stops on the tour. You know, they always, uh, post low scores and they're treated well. And, uh, you really can't beat it at a great time of the year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, as far as the TPC itself, Chris, I mean, it's, it's always well-kept. I mean, it was immaculate again this year. They're exactly where they should be. And, and, uh, you know, Travelers giving a commitment for at least another seven or eight years. Uh, it, the tournament is, is, is in its best shape. It's probably ever been in. And I'm just, uh, I'm just very, very fortunate to be a part of it every year.
0: Let's go ahead and, and bring in Nathan Groove, the tournament director there at Travelers. Let me remind you about his background, folks. Uh, he graduated from Auburn University with a degree in mass communications after college. He became a wonderful PGA teaching professional. He was an instructor at the Robert Trent Jones Golf Trail Academy from 1996 to 99. He then became a tournament director at the Southern Farm Bureau Classic and the executive director of the First Tee of Greater Birmingham. In March of 2005, he became the tournament director up there at the Travelers Championship at River Highland, which, uh, like Bob said, is one of the premier events out there on the PGA Tour we're excited he is back with us again this year here on Next on the T. Hey, Nathan, Chris, and Bob, thanks for coming Bye, back Nate. on the show.
2: Gentlemen, thank you so much for for giving me the time. I was fascinated with some of your interviews, and uh, you guys do a great job with everything. So thanks, uh, thanks for being to be a part of it. We appreciate you.
0: So, Nathan, this was the 70th anniversary of the tournament, which makes it one of the longest-running tournaments out there on the PGA Tour. And I read, Ticket sales early on were outpacing what they were back in 2019, sort of pre-pandemic. Talk about how things went this year at the uh, tournament. Uh,
2: You you know what? I I think people were just so excited to not be talking about what they couldn't do and talking about what they could do. I mean, we had, I mean, two years of just, hey, this is what it's going to be like. This is what we can't do. This is, you know, I mean, just all the protocols in place and from our hospitality clients to the general fans, to our volunteers i mean, everything that they went through, um, in 20 and 21 to put on those, those two years. I mean, just, uh, I mean, kudos to them and the team and the volunteers and our staff to do that. And I think everybody was just so excited this year to be like, wait a minute, there's no, no testing protocols. I don't have mass protocols. There's not a list of 500 things that I have to do before I come on property. And, um, it was just a like this deep sigh of like exhale of like, oh, my goodness, things feel normal. And you saw in the ticket sales, you know, I mean, they they outpaced 2019. You saw in the hospitality sales, things sold out way before uh, they ever have before. Um And then there was just this general feeling when you walked around on property that I think people, to your point, it's been around 70 years. And it's not that you kind of get like, oh, we're always going to have the tournament, but People had a couple of years without it, right? Whether they couldn't come out in 20 or there was limited fans in 21, it was like this hometown, uh, you know, pride that people were like, this is our event. And like, yes, missed it. So it was a really cool feeling walking around the tournament this year and just the energy and the excitement. Um, and uh, it is. I mean, it's Connecticut leans into this event. They embrace it. Um, it's theirs. It's ours. I mean, everybody feels like they own a piece of it, and uh it's just—it was really, really exciting to kind of have that energy back this year.
0: And speaking of energy, a hey, Rory comes out and opens the tournament with a round of 62 as the po- JT Poston. But is that the dream scenario for you to have a player like Rory get the excitement and all the you know the tournament revved up by coming out and shooting a 62 on Thursday? <laughs>
2: So yeah, it makes you look like a genius, right? As an event coordinator. <laughs> um, you know, everybody's like, great job. And you're like, yeah, I had everything to do with where Hugh Nade Under. Uh, but no, I mean, you work so hard throughout the year, right? I mean, you have 300 corporate partners who are investing in the tournament. You have a title sponsor, like Bob mentioned, who's, you know, signed on through 2030. You have a golf course that's just in perfect condition. You have you know, 3,000 volunteers that are ready to go. You have, you know, people lining up at the gates. It's like everything that you can control as an event operator for PGA Tour event, like it's all lined up and ready to go. And then the two things that you cannot control are the weather and how the guys play. And when you get good weather, I mean, it was a little warm. I mean, it rained on Wednesday, but then, you know, we really had had good weather Thursday through Sunday. And when Rory comes out, you know, and does that, it's like, okay, that's, you know, Tournaments dream about stuff like that. When you get, you know, some of the top guys in your field, you know, post to the top of the leaderboard, it was uh, it was cool to see, you know. But you also know, and the guys know, it is hard to win on the PGA Tour. You know, I mean, you got you have four days of just different conditions, different draws. I mean, like they, when you win a PGA Tour event, you have earned it, and it is not easy. They don't hand it to you. And uh, you know, Rory was. You talked about that on Thursday. He's like, "Hey, great round, but there's a lot of golf left." But I tell you what, right out of the gate, that was uh, that was pretty exciting too. Five
0: questions for Nathan.
2: Nathan, again, uh, I want to thank you for
1: the hospitality. Uh, again, that was it was another great year out there, and, we're, and like you said, we're getting about as close as you can to feeling back to uh, reality again. And, uh, the weather worked out, like you said, and the crowds were great. And of course, you know, we read that it's about two and a half million dollars are going to charity, which uh, is what the Travelers does great every year, and at the top of that list would be the Hole in the Wall camp, who gets a good chunk of that. Talk more about that, Nathan, and uh, especially the Hole in the Wall camp, which is right down the road from here.
2: So, this is something I never get tired of talking about, and I really hope the listeners take just a a half a second and think about this, right? Because, I mean, you you talk about PGA Tour and charity, and, you know, those things kind of roll roll off your tongue, but take that to take that to any other sport, right? I mean, NFL season's coming up, and um, you know, just, just, you know, pick your favorite team, whatever it is, you know, whether it's up here in New England, you, know, you get the Patriots or you know wherever it is. Imagine if, you know, Bob craft um, after the first Patriots home game gets on the loudspeaker and says, you know, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming out. And, you know, all the corporate partners, thank you so much for your support. You know, when there's, you know, 80,000 people in the stadium going, what's Bob about to say? And, And if he said, because of all your support today, everything we made from today's home game, we're giving to Boston Charities. I'm not taking a cent as the owner. We're giving away 100% of it. It it would probably be one of the biggest stories in sports, right? I mean, it would be like, are you kidding me? Did you hear what Kraft did? He gave away all the money that they made. But that is happening every single week on the PGA Tour. And we did that on Sunday, right? I mean, Xander has an incredible, you know, finish and wins the tournament and Soth was, you know, coming down the stretch. I mean, there's all this drama coming down. And we stood there on the 18th green, 10 minutes after the tournament was over and Alan Smitter and Andy Bissett with Travelers, there was a huge crowd, you know, still gathered there and said, thank you so much for supporting this event. Everything we made this week, we are giving back to charity. And that, is just something that is so hard to duplicate in sports. I mean, you just don't have that, that model out there. And Bob, to your point, two and a half million dollars later, um, you know, it was a $300,000 increase from last year from 21. Those are real numbers that are impacting real people. And you, you mentioned at the hole in the wall game camp. But i tell you what, if, if you do not know about this camp, if you're front enough from New England or whatever, just, just Google the hole in the wall game camp and it, just spend five minutes looking at what they do. It is, I will say it this way: In 2007, we were looking for a charity to to be our primary beneficiary, and we thought, you know, hey, we're going to draw some attention to a charity, we're going to give a charity a platform, we're going to give them the money, you know, kind of like who are we going to pick? And you know, we went through this whole process, and then we 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 settled with the Hole in the Wall game Camp. And after about four months, we were we flipped it around and said, oh my gosh, we are so lucky that the Hole in the Wall game Camp picked us because we are so excited to be a part of their mission and their story and. They basically built a hospital and disguised it as a camp, and they bring out these kids who have been in hospital beds for three, four, five, six, seven, eight months that have these super challenging diseases that do not let them be kids. And they, the, the parents say it the best that you see these their their sick kids actually being kids for the first time in their lives, and you have huge you know uh um, tree houses that are wheelchair accessible you have kids playing and singing and then going getting ivs at lunch because they're 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 sick and then they come back out and they see a bunch of other kids with ivs and they're like oh my gosh i feel like a kid and so it to be able to to do what we do and have the money go there and to see the impact on these kids and the lives and the parents and the families like it makes you feel so proud to be a part of what we do and to be a part, to be a PGA Tour event that that um, stands for that and and does that for its community and but that's happening every week. I mean, you could get you know the next tournament on the phone and they could talk about their charitable impact. You could get down the next, you could talk to forty five different tournaments that that talk about that and it's uh it's something pretty special. It gets you up in the morning. It makes you want to work really really hard uh, because you know what happens at the end of the day if you, if you do your job well and that's what happens.
1: Nathan, I always like to give you the opportunity to brag about your uh, course superintendent and the ground people there, because I walk the entire <laughs> course. Uh, usually, I always do it over the four days, usually two times uh, in completion. And it was beautifully manicured as usual. Uh, were there any issues at all this year going back to the early spring in regard to the shape of the course after yet another tough New England winter?
2: Oh my gosh. I, so to your point, Bob, Jeff Reich and that, he's the, the lead superintendent, David Crotto's the GM there at the club. And for those of you who don't know, I would say agronomy of a golf course. I mean, it, it takes an entire year to have that course ready for a seven, or for a four day stretch, you know, a seven day stretch, but really for the four day stretch due in the fall to basically put the course to bed for the winter and how they monitor it and the freezes and the temperatures and the frost and when to cover the greens and when to, uh, I mean, it's, it, it's a living breathing organism that has to be brought out in the right way. And, and they do a phenomenal job. I mean, it is just, it's an art. It's, it's, it's science mixed with art, but I think it's more art than anything that they basically give this, you know, for lack of a better term, they give this stage to the best players in the world to showcase their talent, you know, and it is an amazing and amazing stage. I, we we kind of joke about it sometimes It's like imagine if you had uh, You know Hamilton open up At my high school right you know I put him on my high school stage and You have the, the whole cast there when you know when Hamilton was you know making its run It's like it would be okay You know on my <laughs> high school Stage but you know I mean you know The lighting would be alright sound would be Okay but like I mean you you Put, you put that ensemble On a Broadway stage and it's going to look and feel completely different. And that's what happens at River Highlands. You are putting the best ensemble in the world on the right stage to actually showcase their talents. And if it wasn't as good as it is, it would be like they were performing at my high school. Nothing against my high school. You know, love my alma mater. My try too. <laughs> you know, but, uh, I have to say that when you have, when you have the, the superintendent and, and they basically build this Broadway stage for the, the players to showcase their talent. It's it's a it's a perfect blend, and and you get some magical stuff that happens.
0: Nathan, you mentioned a moment ago the drama that unfolded on the seventy-second hole, and I kind of I went from a range of emotions to feeling terrible for to, to Gala. The guy's a, a rookie out there on the on the PGA Tour. Seems like a really wonderful guy. He hits a magnificent shot on, uh, from a fairway divot on seventeen, and and makes a, a birdie putt to take the lead outright going to 18. We get a big fist punt from him when that putt drops, and then he hits his drive in, into the fairway bunker and and has, has a bit of trouble getting out, and, and it has a, a heartbreaking lip out to even save an opportunity for Bogey for some hope to get into a playoff. And and then you switch from that to, to Xander hitting an unbelievable shot there on 18 and, and making a birdie putt to win by two and feeling really good for one of those, you know, young stars out on the PGA tour. So a big range of emotions, but talk about how, how what you saw and what the rest of us saw sort of unfold over the last two holes of the golf tournament.
2: Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, there was, there was so much going on. I mean, to your point, just between Soth and, 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 and Xander. And then, but even like before that, the groups coming in, like with Michael Thorbjornson, I mean, he was one of our exemptions. He finishes fourth. And he's this amateur, you know, which is an incredible story in itself. And you're kind of watching that unfold coming down the line. And and this is all happening in real time. And the crowds, I love our crowds. My goodness. They are, they understand the game. They understand energy. They understand that these players feed off of it. And when you get thousands and thousands and thousands of those fans around 18, and they're chanting names and they are, you know, I mean, like, uh, I mean it's just like the 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 players talk about it, that they feed off of it, so they know what's happening down the stretch, and you know even when um you know Soth made that that double they're they're chanting his name, and I walked with him up to uh you know sign his card, and I'm like, man listen you're gonna have a you're gonna have tons of more opportunities like that. I know you're crushed right now, hang in there, and people around the corner were yelling at him going, it, hang in there, man, it's okay, it's okay, He's looking around giving high fives to the crowd while the tournament's still going on. So, I mean, wow. it's just kind of how all that unfolds in front of the scenes, behind the scenes, um, and then everything with Xander, you know, and, and he talked about that in his interview. He was feeling the weight of that. People are like, okay, you haven't won in so many, you know, months, and, you you, you know, you won a team event, and you could kind of say that, was, you know, he, he kind of he was going to chip on his shoulder a little bit, and sure enough, he went to our event, and then he went next week, and then he went to Scott, you know, so he was like, how's that for stroke play events everybody good you know that i won like three in a row so um but you I mean as all that was unfolding it was uh, it was just cool to see you can't you can't script that you know you can't that's what's so fun about managing a tour event is you, you i mean again using analogy you set the stage and then it's just like you just sit there and watch it happen and i just i i get so excited for our fans when they get to experience that and they get to see that um i'll never forget it was uh what was it, 20, uh, 2016, I think when Furek shot, shot 58, I remember a reporter coming up to me and going, man, how the heck are you going to top that? You are so much, you are in trouble next year. You know, if you're never going to top this and then, (laughs) and then, and then then speed hits it out of the bunker and, and makes, you know, this, this, this iconic shot in 17 and people are like, okay, well, I'm never going to say that again, you know, like, and then you have this eight hole playoff and then you have like, I mean, it's just, so, I mean, it's such a good theater for drama around eighteen, and then how that was all unfolding. It was just really cool to see, and so I mean, it, obviously I, I get pretty excited about it because you get the energy of it, and you're there, and um, but it was it was cool. And listen, Saf's gonna he's going to win. Uh, he's going to win in buckets out there. You, he's just too much of a talent, and he just plays with no fear. To your point, that shot he hit on seventeen out of the divot. I mean, you don't you don't hit shots like that if you're afraid. You're, you weren't trying to not lose. You were trying to win, and when you have that mentality you're going to win tournaments. And he had that mentality out of that bunker shot on 18. He's like, no, 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 I'm not ch- like, I want to win. And so, I mean, when you get a guy with talent and that drive, he's he's going to win a buckets.
0: And Nathan, as Bob talked about a little bit, a little earlier, the course is set up for guys to have an opportunity to make a lot of birdies. And is, is that on purpose? Because they're coming off the U.S. Open, which is typically a, a physical and a mental grind. Now these guys don't want to come and get beat up for two weeks in a row. So they come to TPC River Highlands. They have an opportunity. They know they can, they can go low if they play well. Is that a strategy where you want to give these guys a little bit of a mental break and you want it to be a show? So you wanted to make birdies. Talk about setting up the golf course. So it's sort of high risk, high
2: reward. So I'll say two things about that and then I'll come back to Xander's comment in a minute because I think he had one of the greatest comments about it um in his in his post-round interview but the the guys talk about the course this way they say a couple things they say it's set up where it rewards you for good shots and it punishes you for bad shots and like to to say that about a golf course like that that's really all I want right like I mean that's if the guys are saying that then I am thrilled and but what you have a combination of those last four holes when you when you turn the corner from 14 and you get to that drivable par 4 15 and that's where 95% of our crowds are 15 through 18 so i mean you're kind of you know kind of creeping along and it's you know you're you're making some pots birdies you turn the corner and it's you start to hear just really really loud roars and you're looking at this drivable par 4 and you're looking at guys making 3 and other guys making 6 and you're going whoa 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 what's going on and guys are hitting in the water on 17 and they're making triple on 16 and then, you know, I mean, it, it's just there is so much that can happen in those last four holes that the guys love it. You, you don't always get that. I, I remember Charlie Hoffman saying that those four holes would make for a great President's Cup finish or a Ryder Cup finish because of just how much back and forth there could be um, there. But I, it was interesting because Xander, he was talking to us during an interview. He said, he, he said, if you fall asleep on this course, it will make you look stupid. And I thought, what a <laughs> great line! Because one, it makes me look stupid all the time. Like I don't have to fall asleep on. It. Like it will make me look stupid just me trying to play well. But if you don't pay attention to every single shot, you can be like, how did I just make six on a 297-yard par four? But if you get in the wrong spot, if you think, and I I thought Xander had the greatest line. He goes, yeah, you fall asleep out here. It's going to make you look stupid. I'm like, oh, well, that's a good point. So I think the course is it's not long but it is fair and it will bite you if you're not careful. And, uh, so I think the guys like that. They respect that. and They
1: like it. Nathan, we talk every year about how your job and the planning of this entire tournament, it's a year long process. So uh, we normally talk to you prior to the event. So at least we can get a little different perspective tonight. Hmm. Uh, were you able to take some time off after the tournament? what is the planning like, say starting next week?
2: So, uh, First of all, yeah. I mean, it, the the best way I can describe it is that it it's like the Super Bowl. I mean, it for us for Connecticut. I mean, everything culminates in one week, right? And it usually takes probably fifteen months to plan one event, right? So we we probably start three months prior to that year's tournament, working on the next year's tournament, just because I mean, you just, you don't have time to do certain things, and you mm-hmm. you start planning that process and the, the the sales cycle and the inventory and the pricing and things like that. So it is about a 15 month cycle, um, to do an annual event. I mean, you take a non-annual event. I mean, you take events to bounce around. I mean, teams will go into markets two, two and a half years in advance before a, um, a PGA championship or something like that. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, there's so many details involved. So, I mean, our team, we have 13 on our team that, that work on the event. And like I said, it's about a 15 month cycle, but they are, I mean, th- those are just the full time employees and that this is our one, responsibility. We we have to get this right and it has to be perfect for one week a year. Um but then we have, you know, seven, eight, nine interns that start with us from January to June. So that's another, you know, group of people. Then travelers on the title sponsor side, I mean, they basically have about twenty or so people internally that I mean the tournament isn't their full time job, but they work on some aspect of the tournament. Um, and then you have our volunteers. You have thousands of people either taking time off work or carving out this time in their schedule. And they're going and they're doing meetings throughout the year. And, you know, we have 30 plus committees that all work together to, to make this happen. So it is, it is a massive amount of people to, to put this on, but everybody has to be rolling in the same direction. Everybody has to be on the same page. If you're not, it shows, right? I mean, your fans show up and they're like, wow, this doesn't feel right. You know, if everybody's not on the same page, the players show up and they're like, oh gosh, I, this is kind of disconnected. Like, if you don't do it right, everybody is going to notice. But, you know, we've been very fortunate to to have an annual event with a committed title sponsor, really solid group of volunteers. I mean, the the two people on my team that I work the most with, um, Kevin Kevin Harrington and Tara Gerber, they've been with me 16, 17 years. I mean, since the beginning. So when you have kind of a, senior management team that that's been here for so many years to be able to learn from each year and work together and know each other i mean that that's a that's a huge huge benefit so it's uh it's one of those things it's a labor of love but it's really cool because you get to see everything culminate um and then back to the charity point you get to see why that's this is why we do what we do and you actually get to see that every 12 months and that's you know not everybody has that um and so it's uh it's pretty cool and pretty special to be part of the tour
1: and tell me if you could empathize with my next statement, uh Nathan, about the only drawback of such a special event here in Connecticut once a year is that it does in fact come to an end, and you know every <laughs> Sunday each year, I start thinking you know how fast it went by um you know how I have to get uh, it, it, how it takes a long time you know to basically uh, you have to wait that another year to be at one of my favorite events. Mm. No. Yes, have to endure <laughs> another winter that's going through your head and I know in your position you know there is a uh there's a sense of relief when it's done but I, I'm sure you can emphasize with my kind of mindset you think about it in the winter and it, it stays with you and that that that's what makes it so special
2: uh it you know what I, I do I completely feel everything the way you just described so it, it's kind of a cool cycle though because for well, one it's horribly depressing like you know Monday morning of after the tournament, you're out there and there's nobody, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, there was just, you know I mean? The roars just almost deafened my ears. Like, like, I mean, and you're, you had all this emotional drama and the TV and the energy and the interviews. And it's like cricket on Monday. And you're like, what just happened? Is that a dream? Was that, you know, what just happened? So there is a, you know, kind of this depression, but then there's like a, okay, we got to take a deep breath because you just, I mean, kudos to to our team and the, and the volunteers. I mean, they don't get weekends for probably two months. I mean, it's like May and June, you are working seven days a week and it's just a grind. So, I mean, there's a physical aspect of like, okay, we have to take a deep breath and actually, you know, piece everything back together physically because we just gave it literally all we had. Um, But then it's interesting though, because especially in New England, I mean, I don't, you know, I have other counterparts like in Hawaii and that where they they don't get to, they don't get to feel this, but you go through the winter, Bob, and to your point, like, when people see us start coming around, right, the Travelers Championship, when they start to see, oh, hey, you know, there's Nathan, there's Jason, you know, there's the team, they're they're Rob, they're selling stuff. They're like, oh, God, summer's coming. Okay, summer is coming, and the Travelers Championship <laughs> does <laughs> represent that this will fall, you know, and so you, it, it's like you have this built-in sense of people are excited to see you because they know what you represent. And so we, we try to definitely lean in on that and be like, yes, yeah, so why don't you get two skyboxes so you can be excited about the summer? So no, I mean, I tease, but it, it is kind of that one of those things where it is hard going in the winter, but we need that time, you know, to plan and to rebuild and to, you know, to rework. And, uh, I was actually talking to somebody with, uh, the, the, the yard goats at the um, minor league team that's there in Hartford and they built a beautiful baseball stadium. And I was actually just talking to their, their general manager, um, two weeks ago and I said, you know what? Sometimes I envy you, and sometimes I don't. I envy you that you built your stadium and you don't have to build it every year. But you know, like <laughs> uh, with the yeah. tournament, like we have to. But then I also love the fact that we get to basically design it every year how we want it to be. And if we didn't like an entrance in a certain place, guess what? We're going to move it. If we didn't like concessions in that place, guess what? We're going to move it. If we if some new technology comes out, we get to incorporate it and build it in. So it's difficult. I mean, the build takes you know three months, and it's a month to tear down, but. Um, it is very, very cool being able to, you know, kind of keep up with what's happening and what's new and really be able to modify and tweak and change every year. So we we need the winter to do that. So don't ask us to put one on in June and then August again. We we definitely need to do that. Sure.
0: Nathan, we had Sean McKeel on just prior to when you joined us and Sean uh made a comment about the impact that the Live Golf is having On tournaments around the PGA tour and you obviously want the best players on tour to be in the field. And now with players being, you know, asked not to come back to the PGA tour, they're being suspended some, you know, permanently that sort of thing. And even just the splitting of the field, some guys going over to live, others obviously staying on the PGA tour. Talk about the impact that if you look out next year to, to this tournament or down the road, if Liv becomes successful, what does that mean to you?
2: So I would say this, and again, I can only obviously there could be a lot of big, you know, picture comments made about this. I, I can only speak to, to us, right? As a as a PGA tour event, as a non-major PGA tour event, um we are always dealing with something. We're always dealing I mean, since I've been here in oh seven, I mean it's always okay, for the week after the US Open, who, you know, who's coming, who can't come this year who's got a conflict who is playing in the BMW championship in Europe, who is playing in X like there is for us. And I would say for the majority of tournaments, you're always dealing with some issue with a guy's schedule that, you know, it's like we're never, you, you never get every guy. So somebody asked me that question during our week, they're like, Oh, you're not going to get so-and-so I'm like, yeah, that's a normal year. Like I can, I'm always not going to get somebody, you know, like, I mean, I, you know, John Rom's going to play us two years and then not be there for a year. And Rory will play us three years and not be there. Jordan will play two, you know, so like it, it's kind of built into the, I would say the normal course of business for most tour events that you're never going to always get all of the guys. So that was one thing wh- that I it just kind of hit me when somebody said, Oh, you're not getting so and so. I'm like, yeah, there's every year I don't get somebody. So I mean there there is that element of it where um you know you're always kinda of dealing with global competition in some way, shape or form. Um, you know, but then I, I think as I mean Sean, I, I love listening to Sean, very thoughtful, thoughtful guy, one of the great guys out there on tour. Um I I always love kind of listening to his perspective on things and just love being around him. He's a great guy. Um and it, it's it's one of those things, like the more if there is a microscope put on events, right? Whether it's us, you know, competing golf leagues, upstarts, you know, whatever, team comp, whatever it is. Like if you actually put a microscope on it and go, "Okay, what are these things?" and what makes them up and how are they built and what's the impact and why are people doing it and and things like that. Like everything that I got excited about over the last half hour. Like when I talk about our title sponsor and why they invest in the tournament and what it means to them and the economic impact on the community and um you know when I talk about camp and and what they mean and why we're involved with them, and when I talk about our volunteers and you know why they volunteer for us and with the travelers championship and I talk about the 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 crowds, how many people come out and why they come out, I just like that is something that the PGA tour has that other places don't have. And I feel like as the magnifying glass gets put on these things and like, Oh, what's this? and What's this? And what's this new tour? And what are guys doing? Like, I really, really love how we look under that magnifying glass. Like I could not be more proud of all of those things that I talked about. And like, yes, that's, you know, that is who we are. And I love that. And, I, somebody, uh, asked me the question about, you know, the players, because I think it was, um, Brooks, you know, uh, uh, wd our week and Bryson wd and, um, uh, the week before. And somebody said something about my sponsors. And I said, I, I literally did this as, as to kind of prove a point. I, I said, I want you to look out at 18 and 17. You know, the, the person was there with me. And I said, I have, you know, roughly 300 corporate partners that are out here. You know, I have presenting sponsors. I have title sponsors. I said, There is not one of those companies that asked me who was coming to invest in what this tournament is about. Like there's not, 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 not one contract of my presenting sponsor, of my title sponsor, of, you know, all these people that have said, oh, well, you better have this person. No, they know, they know what we're about. And they have signed on for the long term, and that makes me that makes me feel r- really good about uh, I would say where the p j tour is and, and and what we are as a events.
1: Nathan, one final question. We've talked in the past about your own love for golf, and uh, you must feel very fortunate to have access to the TPC at least at your disposal. Uh, I don't know if we've ever asked you this before, but we just wanted to know your favorite hole as a player and maybe your favorite as a spectator.
2: Oh man! Uh Gosh, favorite hole as a player. You know what? I would say I'm a sucker for 17. And and here's the problem: why? Because when 17 is downwind, I am dumb enough to try to drive it over the lake and onto the green. And like, and I just for whatever reason, like when I can, when there is a hole that can get me to put aside my like logic and be like, oh no, you can do this. And you kind of hear, and I'm like. Okay, you know what? I love a hole that could actually do that to me, right? I mean, it's like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give it my best and, and stuff like that. So 17 is probably one of my favorites. Um it's just visually it's beautiful, but I to to watch the tournament, um I mean, you have I would say if you sit on the 15th screen, you can see 15, 16, 17 and watch. So, I mean, I don't know that I have one hole that I love to watch, but I definitely have one but, and we actually built a new venue up on the, up on the left of 17 it's up on the sill we actually back to my stadium comment that it's so great that we get to rebuild this thing every year mm-hmm. we built a new venue up there and you can literally sit up on this bluff and see everything from the five five holes you can see one you can see two and then you can see 15 16 17 and 18. And I actually don't know of another location on any golf course where you can actually see five holes of golf. Like, I actually, I've never, you know, researched this or studied this. When we built the venue up there and I'm standing there looking going, wait a minute, I can see five holes of golf. Like, this is, this is unbelievable. So it's just, again, it's how the course is built and designed. But that, that I would say either 15 Green or up on the hill on 17 on the bluff where you can see, you can see those five holes is a pretty special spot.
0: Nathan, before we let you go, remind our listeners how they can stay up to date with all the great things that you guys are doing up there. Follow you online and on social
2: media as well. Well, I would say that funny. I like John's Thomas Well, I'm out there. Just Google me. You know, I thought that was so great. Um, I, hopefully, we're a little more proactive than that. Hopefully, we're a good follow on Twitter and TikTok. And, you know, and all all the all the handles. But hey, com, Everything's there. We have some really good content out there that makes people much more savvy than myself. Um, are putting up and putting out there and some videos to some really good content. So it's all there, com, And then you can click the Instagram and, uh, and, and TikTok and Twitter and all that fun stuff. So we're out there. But listen, thank you guys for doing what you do, telling the story of these events, bringing to life the players and the stories. It's, uh, really, really appreciate, uh, what you do for the game. Our pleasure. Oh, we appreciate,
0: thank you, Nathan, very much for your time and coming back for a fifth year in a row. It's always a privilege to spend some time with you. Uh, Like Bob said, he's he's already looking forward to next year in the tournament, and we're looking forward to catching up with you then, too.
2: Guys, thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Take care, Take Nathan. Take care, Nathan. Bye-bye.
0: That is the great Nathan Groove, again, Tournament Director at the Travelers Championship. Bob, it's always a pleasure getting to, to spend some time with Nathan and uh, hearing sort of this year, to your point, typically we're talking to him pre-tournament. Now we get a little different perspective to hear you know him recount all of the things that happened during tournament week, but uh, a great guy, and I know uh, someone you're very fond of.
1: Yeah, we've had him on again, Chris, the years we've had him on uh, before the tournament, and and what I respect about him so much, he really doesn't uh, sound much different, you know, whether it's before the tournament or after the tournament, and you know what kind of pressure he is under. We've had him uh, the week before the tournament starts, and, man, I can't imagine a busier job than a uh, a tournament director at that point of a tournament but uh he's such an even guy he is such a, the right man for that job and that's why he's been around so long now he's still a young guy but uh they like what he does and nobody does it better and uh the proof is in the pudding as as you already mentioned so uh yeah he's he's special and he's so uh accommodating about coming on this show and um you know always yep. uh make sure I'm comfortable I mean he does it all and he does everything right that's all I can say
0: yeah. Well, I tell you what, one of the things that I love about Nathan so much, and we talk about this on the football side so often, it's, it's the, it's the positive energy that he brings, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that we always love when we have players on Thursday night tailgate is the, is the energy that they bring to the show, the enthusiasm that, for which they tell the stories and all of that sort of thing. It just, it just sort of brings us all up a notch, if you will, right? And I, and I imagine being around Nathan at the tournament before, during, after, when you're in his presence, uh, the enthusiasm for what he does comes, you know, shining through, and that just makes a positive impact on everybody it touches. And that's you know, a why I love having him on the show. B, it just, uh, it's just it's got to be something that you can feel, sort of palpable, when you're walking around TPC River Highlands. Like I say, whether it's before the tournament, during it, or if you happen to catch him afterwards.
2: Yeah, you can't
1: fake what he does, Chris, and uh, to promise, uh, you know, what he does, to promise, you know, it's going to be a great tournament, we're going to do this correctly, and, you know, uh, somebody like myself to go there and experience it um, and see that everything works. You know, um, they've treated the media like gold forever. It's been pretty tough the last couple years, Chris, because they've had a Split the media like into just like the AP and the main people would go into the media center. And a lot of us now are, in know, auxiliary area, which isn't too bad because you're hanging by an in ground swimming pool, but <laughs> still, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, he's been under a lot of pressure these last couple of years because of the COVID stuff. I mean, he made it sound like we're totally back to normal, but, uh, he'd be the first to say there's a few things that probably he wanted to do that he couldn't but uh, you wouldn't know from talking to him. He's very very positive and uh you just he'll even bring up the LIV. It doesn't matter with him because uh he's going to do what he does every year and people buy into it and it's uh, it's it's he does it in a way which people totally appreciate too and uh again, it's one of the best interviews we do throughout the year of anybody we do.
0: Yeah, exactly right. So let me take one of your questions that you asked Nathan and kind of flip it back to you. What's your favorite hole to take? go take a look at as a spectator?
1: Well, you know, Chris, I love, again, I walk the entire course, um, and every year I'm like, yeah, I kind of like this, I like this a little bit, but I just like the stretch between 12 and 14, because it runs parallel with like a, a bunch of railroad tracks, uh, not too far from the uh, general parking area. It's pretty cool. It's just very quiet there. It doesn't, Seems to get backed up at all. It, it's kind of straight. Uh, that seems to be my kind of my favorite. I, I think 14 is, is really good because it's kind of a downhill. Um, and uh, it seems like every time I go there, especially like on a Thursday or Friday, it's so quiet, nobody's around, and you're basically just walking with the golfers. And uh, so that's what I like. But uh, Nathan's right. When you get to the 15, 16, 17, it, it's exciting because of the water and the strategy involved. But I just like that stretch um, on the back nine between 12 and 14.
0: Bob, let's do a little bit of a Bob's Take segment on this show like we do over on Thursday Night Tailgate. We've talked an awful lot tonight about Live Golf. Is it, in your opinion, good for the game, bad for the game, good to have competition out there between the PGA Tour and Live Golf? What's your thought about what's happening right now in the game?
1: Well, I thought it was maybe it was the timing of it all chris because you know i'm i'm a i'm a uh, i'm totally sold on the travelers championship and it seemed like a lot of that liv stuff the lift stuff came up uh right when during the week of this uh the travelers started a lot of the defecting started to going on you know i mean dustin johnson's been here brooks Koepka has been here Mickelson you can go right down the line and I'm sure Nathan's not going to come out and say I mean probably want those guys playing here and uh they have before and uh, unlike your Tiger Woods or anybody like that but uh, you know those guys are, they're drawing power no matter what whether you like them or not but uh, I just thought the timing of it was bad Chris uh, I mean competition is competition but uh you got to if you bring the political thing into it, I'm not too keen on what these guys are doing. I know you kind of feel the same way. Um, I, I would always, I'll always be a PGA guy. You know, I, I just watch those tournaments. I don't think I'll ever watch a lift tournament. I mean, I'll follow it, but there's just I'm, I'm too invested in the PGA and the Travelers and everything to ever put my uh, interest elsewhere.
0: And Bob, we talked about this with Nathan, but. There's been a lot of really low scores out there at TPC River Highlands. He, he talked about Furyk, who shot 58 out there a few years back. A couple of years ago, Dustin Johnson and Brendan Todd shot 61s in the third round. We saw we saw Rory and JT Poston go out and shoot 62 in the first round this year. And there's been a round of 62 or better, 10 of the last 12 tournaments. So of those little rounds, talk about some of the exciting rounds that you've been able to you know witness walk the golf course, and see
1: oh there's no question chris uh, I was there when Furyk did it as he he mentioned about five years ago. um I had talked to Furyk briefly the day before and, and you know you, you're you're when you're talking to a guy that's been around as long as Jim had been, you're kind of like you know he, he's getting up there in years, you know is he gonna i just i hope he makes the cut he's a good guy he's so successful and everything, and here he was that next day, and, and that was the year that I, I spent a lot of time in, the, in the, uh, the regular media center, and we were following him hole by hole, and the scores coming in, and you're like, can this guy like shoot sixty? And then all of a sudden, I mean, he kept going and going. Chris, the birdies kept coming in, and all of a sudden, he's going to go under sixty, and this is the course to do it. But that's the one obviously that stands out. But there have been a lot of low ones. Dustin Johnson's gone low here. I mean, guys. If you're a good golfer, Chris, you're probably, and have been to Hartford, you're probably going to be under 63 at some point, and that's what's another exciting part of it. I mean, you know, it's not like it's a, it's a par 70 course. They can't go any lower than that as far as par, but these guys, uh, you know, you're always going to see a very, very low score, probably between 60 and 63 in this tournament. That's pretty exciting. And you're just wondering, and if anybody can ever do it again, break that 60, it's going to happen here.
0: Bob, before I let you go, for our listeners here on the golf side, let them know how they can stay up to date with the great things that you're doing and follow you on social media.
1: Well, oh, Chris, you know, you can go to Twitter. You know, uh, as you know, we post a lot of the interviews that you and I have done, that one that I've done years ago, uh, that's Bob under slash Lazeri. as you know, uh, post. Post a lot of my archived columns uh, throughout the week, uh, but our YouTube channel Monday Night Sports fourteen all one word. If you go to YouTube and plug that in, you'll see about uh, there's probably 120 interviews of uh, all kinds of sports legends we've done over the years. So that's probably the best web bet. But uh, Twitter every day, we'll let you know what's going on. For sure,
0: absolutely. Bob, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come and be a part of this show. Looking forward to, as we project into the uh, NFL football season, starting our 11th year of doing Thursday night. Wow. Tailgate. We'll do that later on this fall. Always a lot of fun to to share my Thursday nights with you and the, and the great legends of the NFL that join us. So looking forward to that, my friend. In between now and then, stay safe.
1: Yeah, it's coming quickly, Chris. And uh, you stay well and healthy, and uh, we'll talk soon. Take care, Bob. Bye
0: bye. See you, my friend. That is the great Bob Lazeri. Bob underscore Lazeri is uh, the follow on Twitter. And again, Monday Night Sports 14 is a as a TV show he hosted up in uh, in Connecticut for for many years. Uh, uh, a lot of great legends there, but uh, you, you'll you'll hear a lot of it on Thursday Night Tailgate when Bob and I get get like I said get ramped up. 11th season coming up soon. So uh, take a look on Thursday to some of our archive episodes as well. Okay, before we close up shop tonight, I want to remind you about a couple of more of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Two Under. Two Under Men's Performance Briefs have just released their new Spring and Summer 22 collections with fun, new, and exciting prints like the Freedom 2 and 3, Santa Fe, Tigers, Zebras, and Duckies, and their new exclusive Folds of Honor collection, where they donate 20% of all Folds of Honor sales proceeds to that cause. UNDR.com. Two Under Performance in Your Pants. Use code NEXTT20 that's N X T T E E 20 for a 20% discount on the Two Under website. I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Ride. We deal with a lot on the golf course, whether you're teeing off in front of a crowd, hitting a 4 iron after a rain delay, trying to figure out wind direction, or second guessing club selection. It's easy for your mind to race. That's exactly what drove Golf Pride to create the all-new CPX. It's made with a unique EXO diamond quilted pattern, reducing vibration in your hands on every shot. The EX diamond quilted pattern really helps your hands sink into the club on every shot, giving you maximum comfort, because when your hands are comfortable, you're comfortable. CPX is available now on GolfPride.com or at your local retailer. All right, my friends, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks go out again to John Mahaffey, Sean McKeel, Bob Lazari, and Nathan Group for joining me tonight. Next week, I'm going to be taking some more time off with my wife and kids. We're going to the beach. When I return, though, on Tuesday, August the 9th, my guests are going to be a guy who's been joining me going all the way back to episode number three of this show. That is former PGA Tour pro Bob Friend Jr., Another great friend in PGA Tour Pro, Donnie Hammond, will also be back with me that night. And then we're going to round out the show with one of the top 100 instructors in the game, Tim Cusick. So, folks, it's going to be a great show. I hope you'll come back and be a part of it with me. You can listen to this show as a podcast on just about every major podcasting app out there. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Audioboom, Player.fm, Podcast.co, Podbean, Folks, if you've got a favorite podcast site or app, just type in Next on the T in the search bar. You'll probably find us on there as well. Folks, please check out our website nextonthetea.net to see what our upcoming guest schedule looks like. Plus, we give you links back to recent episodes and individual guest segments. So whether you've got 20 minutes or two hours, we've got great content on there for you as well. My friends, thank you so much again for choosing to listen to this show tonight. I know you've got a lot of great golf podcasts out there to choose from. I am very thankful that you continue to make Next on the T one of them. Until two weeks from tonight, hit them straight, my friends.